we want you to know that this is your turn to be the mama. You're the parent. You get to make these choices. Hold your head up high. You have a knowing of your baby. Trust your instincts. Trust your intuition. Your intuition guides you. Trust your instincts. Trust your gut. Hey there, you're listening to Pushing It, where we talk about pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. I'm Elise McAllister. Oh, hi. And I'm Jen Laird. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing over there, Jen? Are you falling asleep because it's Monday? No, I'm actually in the middle of Instagramming a picture of my show mascot, which is in the form of a beautiful red leaf. And Elise is really annoyed at me because sure she am. doesn't want me to talk about it. It's true. But I'm there a- I am. I snuck it in. Ha I'm ha. seriously rolling my eyes at Jen and her leaf. It's adorable. I was outside and I'm like, oh my gosh, look how beautiful it is. I'm, I'm taking the, the time to enjoy a moment because that's what we encourage all the people to do. Enjoy the moment. Jen, finding the beauty in everything. Blah, um, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. Right? I know. I tell you. How was okay. your weekend, Jen? It was actually very lovely. Thanks Did for you asking. Did you find the beauty in all the things? Um, I felt a little overwhelmed and the beauty. All at the same time. So um, let me tell you about what I did. I am all things about getting a good deal on something. Oh. Friend sends over the uh, email saying, um, hey, this really great farm that has these really great prices on these really great apples that are like organic-y and all the good things, right? Would this be the same farm that you were texting me about at midnight the we other night? We don't need to talk about that. Mm, maybe you should have sent yeah. me a picture of a leaf. Let's, let's also... Get it on the record that it was like about ten fifteen, which is still way past my bedtime. Okay. Apparently, anyway. <laughs> so I decide I'm going to, um, you know, order some of these apples. The thing is, when you think about poundage of apples, you're mm. not really thinking about how many apples that really is. Fifty. Fifty. And 20 pounds of beefsteak tomatoes. That's a lot of friggin' tomatoes. There's a lot of marinara sauce right now in the fridge that I have created and salsa. And a lot of apples being um, processed Mm. so that they don't all rot real quick. Like So kind of I I was feeling pretty close to my grandma who lived in South Dakota. Yes, the middle of the beautiful country. Shout out to South Dakota listeners. Yes, South Dakota. And Granny. No, 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 no. You didn't call her Granny. No way. She was Grandma. Oh my gosh. Take that back. I wouldn't call, I don't call my Grandma Granny either. Granny is like, yeah, there's a a very different image in my head. Your Grandma's pretty badass, so she wouldn't have gone by Granny. Elise has heard about my Grandma. So Grandma would like make soup for the old ladies when. She didn't consider herself an old lady, but she was. And like, oh, you're sick. Grandma is going to bring you some soup. Her house, which was tiny, like the size of her living room is the size of our office and barely we can fit two people in here. Um, And yet she would she was the gathering place for all the people. I remember as a kid going fishing with her every summer. She loves fishing. So she'd wait out there, you know, like grandma was a, you know, a nice outfit kind of wearing grandma you know she pulled things together she wore dresses and skirts and pants and things but she'd wait out there so grandma wore nice dresses and outfits and she would wade out into the water and go fishing and can and cook soup and clean her house oh garden wait and garden and knit and knit oh no wait sorry she didn't knit she um quilted and quilted and sewed things my cousin and i would have matching outfits as kids oh wow and yet i am absolutely challenged daily by the idea of getting my laundry from the washing machine into the dryer every time and sometimes like five or six or ten times (gasps) for the same is this is this not like a thing so how do you get that smell out of the towel is this not like a thing that you experience like do you not have a challenge getting that 
Uh, sometimes, but I'm pretty like, I, I'm keeping it in the old brain. Although I did do it the other night. But I'm just wondering how you get that smell out. Well, that like I've been in the washer a long time smell. Sometimes it's vinegar, but if it's like the girls' uniform stuff, it's bleach. <gasps> bleach? What is with the gasping of the air, Jed? Some people don't even believe in bleach. Wait, like, like, like I don't believe in Santa Claus bleach? Because let's get on the same page here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think, wait, I think we have to agree here. Bleach does exist. It does like, exist. I, like, 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 I don't believe in the Easter bunny. I don't believe in bleach because. I've only seen him at the mall or, um, like, I don't like using it. I think it's like, uh, isn't it environmental? I'm thing? not entirely sure, but I will tell you right now that I've got strong, strong faith in bleach. Stronger oh. than the Easter Bunny when my kids are eating spaghetti in <laughs> their white shirts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think it's more like All a... All the bleach. A more not moral. What do you call that thing when you're like, ooh, good thing I don't have to worry about any of for those. You? I think it's a smell. I should research why some people don't believe in bleach. Yeah, I, clearly we do a terrible job with yeah. understanding people's needs with bleach. I I I, I use it occasionally, but you know. I I just I find it amazing though that anybody's remembering to move their loads of wash into the dryer. Like, how do you remember? Did you see the little like Facebook posts? Yes. And it's a little reminder, like, yes. hey, remember to do that. I think somebody out there needs to be reminded. Hey, you, move it on over into the dryer. Uh huh. Yeah, or you could be like me, trying to be like my grandma and hang everything outside in the sun to dry. Oh, because we have sun right now. But like, how do you remember? I don't know. Well, I've been trying to encourage my uh, trying to adult daughter. Um, hey, just. I know it's hard to remember, so maybe just put an alarm on your phone. Oh. An alert, like, although I can see you walking around going, wait, why's my phone ringing? What's going on? Turn that off know. and then Turn it, it off and then you forget. Right. I would just turn it off. Hit the snooze. Okay, so there's the helpful tip for the day is put on a load of laundry and put an alarm on your phone to tell you when to put it in the dryer. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, is that your, the You're more welcome. you know? Yes. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. Now that we've got major tips of the day out of the way. <laughs> oh, but wait. I can tell them more about how to can things and how easy it really can be and that I did it. And leaves and apples. Okay. That might even come in the form of a text at midnight. Just kidding. I'm not going to let Jen leave Nobody cares. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no one cares. What are we really going to talk about today, Jen? So are you setting up some boundaries? Are you practicing I boundaries? I really am because that is the topic. And this is, this is a topic we've Boundaries. been thinking about for a couple of weeks and we feel really solid about this and not just because we feel solid about it but we've been hearing it a lot as doulas from our client mm-hmm. and so our topic today is I'm the mama now and it's all about creating boundaries as you become parents. Ooh. And I have to tell you that we were uh, we were on the phone with a client doing kind of a three-way phone call. I guess it was a four-way phone call with a client. A four-way phone call? Uh-huh. Are we that tech savvy? Oh, for sure. Wow. Yeah. And I'm sitting in my guest room, which is also my office. And um, it's also where my mother-in-law sleeps when she stays over. And also where she just sits at my desk sometimes and uses the computer or whatever. And I write on the sticker, sticky note, I'm the mama now, exclamation point. Because I'm like, don't forget this. <gasps> and I leave it there. And I am so certain she has come into that office and sat Uh-oh. at my desk and has seen this note, I'm the mama now. And I'm just waiting for that. Elise, you jerk. I know. Yeah. So, uh Grandma, Mama. Sorry. <laughs> it wasn't directed at you. It was a topic. It was just, yeah, it's a topic. It's just a topic. So I'm going to use some, uh, I don't know, analytical glasses here for a second. The difference between a boundary and a wall. Oh. Because just when you were like, we're talking about boundaries. Um, I think because my um, I had some family here from New Zealand visiting, and they were talking about they were just in Southern California and how they went over to Tijuana, and they were talking about the wall um, between Mexico and America, and just had some impressions to say about that. So when you talk about boundaries versus a wall, what comes to mind for me is um, when we're thinking about families, 
sometimes the way you can um, have the perception is there should be some sort of wall. Like you're like, oh, no, this is long and hard and you bang up against it. Mm. Versus to me, the word boundary and wall feel really different. Yeah. To me, a wall is unpenetrable. You knock up against it. It feels almost like militant, whereas a boundary feels like um, – <laughs> like it can change a lot. I'm just thinking about like a school yeah. boundary, like depending on the growth of a neighborhood, a boundary for a school changes, right? And I think it's similar to that where when we create boundaries as we become parents, they change potentially over time and due to um, our needs, uh, the people that we're creating boundaries needs, there's a lot of outside influence to that idea. Yes, absolutely. I think that's so true. But I think when you are even thinking about creating those, it looks a lot like those school boundaries. It takes sitting down and discussing what makes sense in creating this boundary. How do we want to draw those lines around us? So how do you do that? And if you are parenting with somebody else, sit down with that person Mm -hmm. and make sure you are on the same page. Because if you guys are drawing your boundaries in different ways, yeah. It's not going to make any sense to you. You have to come together as a united front about these. And and maybe that front sounds a little bit more like a wall. But, you know, if if one of you has a pretty strong feeling about, mm. you know, I don't want my kid to wear any clothes that says, you know, daddy's princess. And then the other parent is like, ah, I think it's cute. Yeah. It's going to be really hard to send that message to your family when they're buying gifts for your kid. Uh, um, that totally makes sense. So you kind of need to figure out between the two of you, what are the negotiables and maybe what are the non-negotiables? Yes, exactly. And it's not just about what works for you as a parent, but yeah. what works for you in the early days postpartum yeah. and what works for you during your birth. So I think let's even step it back a little bit. This yeah. isn't just about when your baby is here, but this is about during your birth. Yep. This is about leading up to your birth because you might get some gifts during your baby shower. Yeah. You might have some people saying some things about your birth plans, your baby name choice. Because one thing I was going to say, Elise, is before people get off onto like this big, like, okay, we got to sit down at the table. We got to write out all these lists. Um, we got to keep it um, short and sweet and in the immediate, because if you're going to sit down and think about, because we've just introduced this topic as creating boundaries as you become parents, not creating boundaries as you are parents mm, to teenagers, right? Because I, I think there can be that hesitation for some folks of, oh my gosh, I'm becoming a parent. Well, when we think of parents, we think of kids running around in the street or teenagers learning to drive, or we don't often think of like a helpless baby who's just tiny right Right. we start to think about I'm going to become a parent and that's not with a tiny baby living in my house trying to figure out their patterns but actually thinking about the kid running around and going to school so keep it keep it in the here and now just like what Elise is talking about don't worry about whether or not you're going to use timeouts for 30 seconds (laughs) or you're not going to do timeouts let's just think about this for right now because I think if you start bringing that stuff to um, family or friends they're going to feel a little overwhelmed like yes and you will too yeah oh absolutely you don't have to figure everything out you got to figure out birth And postpartum, like right after your baby's born. Yes, exactly. Uh, Think about the early days. Yeah. For sure. So get on the same page with your partner. I think that's going to be the very first step in all of this. So what are some really practical ways that you can do that? Thinking about what is the most important. Who is going to be at your birth Mm. is probably going to be the first thing. It might be really simple. You might Mm. not have any family in town. You might not have family that expects to be there. There are families that don't have that expectation. Mm -hmm. And then there are families that, you know, grandma has been to everybody's birth. That's just what happens. And it's not what you want to have happen. Yeah. Um, So that might be your first step in creating some boundaries is having to to send that message there. At least I'm thinking about some folks that we've spent good chunks of time with 
with some anxiety or worry about my mom's never going to understand that I don't really want her in the birthing room or how is this all going to work out? And I'm thinking about some of the births that we've been to and um, how we've helped folks prepare for conversations they can have before this birth. And then the way the birth unfolds, it's a non-issue yeah. because maybe mom's not there. So it could be that um, the way that your birth unfolded as well, as far as timing, um, it didn't work for anybody to be there. So you have given a lot of energy to thinking about um, who's going to be there and how you're going to communicate and all of that. And then it just kind of works itself out. Um, I think it's a weird thing where we're saying trust the process and prepare for the process. But sometimes you do really have to have that challenging conversation with a family member and you do have to set down those boundaries. And there's not, there isn't a secret formula to having a conversation about that, that so that you can pad that in a way Mm-mm. that doesn't hurt somebody's feelings. And, or maybe there is, um, maybe there is a way that you know that you can delicately deliver that information that's going to, to not upset that family member or there isn't, um, but really just doing your best to deliver it in a way that feels the best to you mm. and knowing that this is your boundary and you get to set it and back to the title is you're the mama now. You're yeah. the parents and this is your choice. And that's okay. You get to make that choice. You get to own your feelings, right? Because sometimes I think even in my own life when I'm trying to protect someone's feelings and I over talk and I maybe even talk for them like, hey, Lise, I think you might be feeling this. And so this is actually how it is. Well, Elise might not feel so great about that because now I've just kind (laughs) of told her the way she does feel and that might not be the way she feels at all. Um, I'm totally feeling this in my body right now and in my remembrance. Okay, 18 years ago, pregnant with my first child, and we lived in America, and it would have been possible for my mom to come to my birth. So um, I don't think my husband and I had really talked about who's going to be in the room that I can remember. And then I am probably, I'm, I'm fairly well into this pregnancy. And I remember us talking about it one night and I'm like, oh yeah. And my mom will probably be in there because I'm thinking, well, she's comforting and I don't know if Dave will be and uh, the father of the child. And then he's like, no, I, I want to be there for you. And I want us to do this together. And he wasn't slamming my mom after me, like, asking more questions. Like, well, what do you mean? You don't like my mom? Like, of course, it went emotional for a little bit there. And then he's like, no, I just really, I want us to do this together. And then when I stepped back from that, I was like, oh, that is really cool that he wanted to be that support person for me. Um, We had no idea what a doula was. Um, That was not a part of our vocabulary at all um in retrospect i think he would have been really grateful to have a doula there for those two people him and this person to doula to have supported me but anyway um then i'm like gosh how am i gonna have this conversation with my mom oh no you know but i actually don't know if she was thinking she would be at my birth right so that was me having an expectation for someone else that I didn't even know if she had that expectation. So I didn't need to worry about um, hurting her feelings, right? Um, So then when we did have a little chat about it, it was like, so um, Dave and I have just decided that we'll um, be there for the birth. You know, I was definitely going to go to my own birth. and um, (laughs) That's so kind of you. Yes, I know. And it it went just fine. Um, I remember saying... I'd really like you there because I think it would be a great experience to share with you and I would like your support. Um, and I think, um, Dave really wants to provide that for me. And so in my relationship with her, like that all worked. Um, so I guess my whole point in this is don't assume that you know what your family member or friend or whoever it is you think wants to be at your birth actually does want to be. And oh, don't, point. Uh, don't assume that you're going to hurt their feelings um, and that you can own your own feelings and do some explanation, but you don't have to keep talking and talking and talking because sometimes when we talk too much, then we actually end up inadvertently hurting somebody's feelings because we've just said too many words mm, that didn't need to be said. 
Absolutely. And what I'm hearing is that you and Dave also made sure you were on the same page about yeah. it, too. And that yeah. one of you wasn't feeling one way and yeah. he was feeling the other. And so that goes a long ways postpartum, too. And I'm yeah. thinking about a lot of our doula clients really try to figure out the best timing for their family coming in. So Seattle yeah. is a city of transplants. And most people that live here are not from Seattle, and their family lives all over the country, if not the world. And they have to figure out when to have their family come in, where their family is going to stay, and how to plan for their support. And often the first question we ask them is, are they helpful help? Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, let's pause there. Say yeah. that one more time. Are they helpful help? Yeah. Because that's the best or the only kind of help to have. <laughs> but I think it's really important for you and your partner to really make sure that you're on the same page because some people want to figure it out themselves and yeah. that's fine. And some people want to have that help for the early days. And that's also totally fine. There isn't really a right or wrong way. Mm -hmm. I really felt like I needed the people after having a baby. I felt very overwhelmed hmm. after having a baby. And Jen really enjoyed having hmm. to hmm. learn. And they thought yeah. it was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and so there isn't a right or wrong way, but if one of you is feeling like, hey, I want to have my mom and my dad and my sisters and their kids come in and then have all the friends bring me the food on the meal train and then your partner is like, uh, no, I want it to just be us, it's going to be a huge challenge. So yeah. get on the same page. Yeah. yeah. In saying that, um, one of the things we'd wrote down was um, your rules can change anytime you want. Because then I'm thinking of um, maybe you set out that boundary with family saying, nope, we really don't want you guys to plan a visit until the baby's a couple of weeks old. Right. And then you get into this, um, maybe even just a few days, and maybe there was a complication with the birth. Maybe there's some challenges with baby. Um, maybe breastfeeding is really challenging. Um, there could be all sorts of things that are happening and then you get to change your mind and you get to call up and say actually can you come sooner than we had initially planned um, and sometimes it looks the opposite where you actually want the family to not come when maybe they had planned to come so remain flexible on that and know that you can as things develop change your mind um, we've recently had some folks that um, that their struggle really they had the strength I think and the courage to say hey mom grandma we need you to come and then that grandma changed everything around and came sooner than she had intended to and that was a really brave choice for this family to make because they realized their limitations and their need to have family there to help out during this time mm. so yeah um that takes a lot of courage to do that especially if it was really hard to communicate from the beginning and say, no, don't come right away. And especially if that hurts and feelings too. Yeah. 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 So I think also, which is part of that is communicate your needs really clearly with your family and friends and, and make those boundaries not, not set in stone, but make them heard from the beginning. Mm. So there isn't a lot of wishy-washiness. Um, we don't want it any confusion. It doesn't have to be blunt and hard to hear, mm -hmm. but don't come across as unclear or, um, I'm not really sure what we're going to need. Ooh. Oh, I so am like cheering over here. Yeah. And what I really think about with this is the hospital waiting room. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a big pet peeve of ours, yeah. right? There is often family that wants to go and wait in the hospital waiting room because birthing parent often doesn't know what what will be needed at the right. time of labor, right? Mom, I don't know if I'm going to need you in there. I don't know. I really, I'm not sure. And maybe in her mind, she's actually like, I don't, I don't want you in the room. Right. So fine. She can sit out there. Mom can sit out and just wait and I'll let her know if she needs to come in. But what might be really helpful is to just say, actually, how about this? You don't need to sit in the hospital for yep. 
many hours. Those waiting rooms. I don't. I haven't been oh my to gosh. every hospital in this country. I don't know what your local hospital waiting room looks like if you don't live in the greater uh-uh. Seattle area. But I can tell you that I've been to a lot of hospitals, yeah. and those waiting rooms are not cozy. I have slept in a lot of them. Oh yeah, and they are not great. The three, food. Three a.m. anywhere besides in my bed or a sleeping bag in a tent is just a stupid place to be, <laughs> right? Like, you're, no one should be on a chair in a hospital at 3 a.m. unless you're actively helping somebody right. and supporting them having a baby. But when, you know... I, I'm just waiting. <sighs> yeah, and the food there is terrible. Awful. There's no food for, like, 12 hours in the middle of the night. Or yeah. that's not even the middle of the night. That's, like, half a whole day. Right. Or, you know, sometimes it's slightly shorter. But still, you know, that's a long time to go without food. Yeah. You're eating vending machine food. There's like one bathroom. There's a tiny little waiting room. You're swollen. You're tired. You're hungry. Sound like we've hung out in some hospital waiting rooms, Yes. Smell a little funny. You might be paying for parking by the hour. Oh, yeah. You're paying for parking. How else can we make this sound oh, like yeah. a bad thing? Terrible. So terrible. maybe that's actually just telling your family member, hey, we know how much you want to be there to support us and we've been told that we might um, need you more afterwards than during the birth so how about you stay home and you sleep through the night and then we'll call you when we need food or support or you can meet the baby all of those things Um, because we've seen some grandparents that are like exhausted right and then they're not helpful no Everybody heads home and grandparents are like, oh, great, you had a baby. Now I'm going to go sleep for two days. Exactly. When actually after the baby comes is the time that they could use the help. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So be firm and say what you need. Yeah. So let's paint a picture here for everybody as well. Um, We're going to speak to what hospitals look like and birth centers look like in the Seattle metro area. But actually, I'll speak to that even having had babies in other parts of the country and another country. None of those waiting rooms were comfortable and they were all small. Right. So this is like, I would say worldwide, a thing where you don't really need to come to the hospital because they're not big rooms for you to wait in. Um, Because they don't want you hanging out in them. Exactly. (laughs) So stay home and sleep in your bed and um, maybe think about cleaning, uh, cleaning your house, right? You could say, oh, mom, in early labor, we were... um, you know, make kind of a mess of our house. Could you run over there and tidy it up if you wanted to be helpful? Um, just let them to be full of energy for after the baby comes. And, you know, most people who live locally, it's not hard to get to a hospital if you needed them, right? If you're like, oh, gosh, I could really use my mom here. Great. Call her. Have her come. Yes. And speaking of after the baby's born, being really clear about what you need after the baby is born. Mm-hmm. So... I made a really big mistake after my first was born. I said, hey, everybody, please come and visit my baby. And when everybody said, oh, what do you need? Oh, I don't know. We're good. Mm. Uh." And inside, I was screaming, food, please help. A swept bathroom, anything, because we couldn't do any of it. We were exhausted. Yeah. But I didn't know how to ask for help because that was just not something I was raised to do. You Mm. didn't ask for help. You just did it. Yeah. Ask for help. Be clear and direct about what you need. Yeah. Um, So we've talked about this in other shows. Make a list. Hang it on your fridge. And when somebody says, how can I help? Say, go to my fridge. There's a list of things that I need done in my world um, to make life easier, pick mm-hmm. something on there that you feel comfortable doing. And that could be taking yeah. the garbage to the curb, taking the dog for a walk, folding laundry, whatever it is, they can pick it and they can do it. Or, hey, family, I know you're coming into town and staying with us to help out afterwards. I really want you to understand that we are really looking at this as a time of healing and not as a time of doing. So we are going to mm-hmm. be actually taking you out to go sightseeing. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't spent much time in our city, town, wherever we live. If you guys want to do that, that is totally fine. But know that we're going to be staying at home and recovering because birth is a really big event. Yeah. Um, so very clear. 
not all generations have looked at birth this way. Yeah. And it's a great time to start looking at it this way. And it's not wrong to do so now. And I would be really clear with family now, before you have a baby. Yes. Yes, we would love for you to visit us. Here's a time frame. We're guessing this because we're not sure when our baby's going to be born. And um, maybe lay out that expectation. I know that we've always been kind of the host for you and that's our desire, but we see that at this time, we're not going to be able to provide that because we have been told by so many different people, the necessity of us to rest. Um, I was with a postpartum family this week and, um, one of them mentioned, yeah, some really good friends of ours were like, Hey, you guys, you know, we just had this baby a few months ago and, um, nobody told us, you know, kind of the questions we would have at like two in the morning. So you guys feel free to call us at two o'clock in the morning if you've got questions. And the couple just like laugh. They're like, ha ha ha. Yeah. As if we're not going to call anybody at two in the morning. And they're like, we totally now appreciate what these friends said. Cause we're like, it's so true. It's two in the morning. And you're like, what am I supposed to do? And it was so sweet for them to actually know that in advance. So, um, I, I also hear frequently where people have this challenge from going from I'm hosting my parents when they come to visit to my parents come to my house and they got to figure out how to make their own coffee, mm. you know, and I think it can actually get that simple. Like, hey, when you come to our house, please know that our house is your house and we'd love for you to just make yourself at home and get your own food ready and you know what since you're coming to help us we would really love it if you would take some meals and you know here's the keys to the car please go to the grocery store but i think there's a balance of um actually asking people to do stuff and waiting for them to uh suggest it because maybe they're actually just being in their thoughts um less intrusive by not saying hey do you want me to do dinner tonight Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And don't hesitate to just say those things. So stand strong and hold your head high knowing it's absolutely fine for you to take your hostess hat off and just be in recovery mode. Yeah. You had a big event. You had a baby. You get to heal. And that is totally fine. Because this is, you guys, kind of a new normal. When family comes to visit from out of town, you're always going to be parenting. Yeah. And there might be times where you're like, yes, of course, we would like to go do X, Y, or Z activity. And you know what? We're going to need to be around home at about two o'clock because we can't have too many days where our kid doesn't get a nap. Like this is a reality of parenting in the future where you're going to have to pick and choose to keep maybe life looking kind of the way that it typically does for your child, but also being flexible to go, oh, well, it's a little different. But then when you've got the two-year-old who's screaming um, and unconsolable because they haven't had a nap for four days because you've had out-of-town visitors, you're actually going to realize that having everybody flex and stay home for a nap is better in the long term. So um, there is some of this boundary setting that is going to pay off over time. And it's not just about the immediate, but it's reconfiguring the way that you guys typically hang out. Absolutely. And you might even do some things ahead of time if you have time and oh, yeah. space in your life to set these up. But Ooh, practical tip. Oh, yes. Okay. So um, maybe uh, all these newfangled like washing and drying machines. And yes. we all have our different ways about doing you laundry. read my mind, Jen. This wasn't even on the show notes. I was going to say, except for Elise, who just leaves all of her clothes <laughs> in the dryer all the time. I mean, the washer all the time. <laughs> they what? also stay in the dryer for a very long okay, time. Yeah, and then they too. move up on top of the washer and dryer oh. and permanently live there until they are worn. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. They don't move very far. They don't need drawers or anything. They no. Just, you know. No. Well, that's where the clothes go to die. Oh, okay. Gotcha. The clothes go to die. <laughs> Those are drawers. the ones nobody wants to wear. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking um, write out instructions. Yes. Um, how to use this darn washing machine. What do you usually wash together? I mean, get specific. And then tape it to the washer or dryer. Yeah. Um, 
maybe think about what would it be like if you were staying in your house and you'd never stayed there before and writing out kind of user guideline, dare you yeah. say, for the house. Yep. I was at a house uh, doing a postpartum visit the other day, and they got one of those cute little letter boards. Oh, yeah. And they had one set up, and it had the Wi-Fi password <gasps> and a Good couple call. other little instructions on it. And it was just cute. And it yeah. might just be part of their every day. But I was like, that is a great thing to set up and I was thinking yeah. about putting it in our guest room actually yeah I was like this would be really great postpartum just That's put a, a couple little idea. instructions on it and then when folks come to stay with you or you know to help out yeah then they don't need to ask some questions and it, the, all the information is there the other thing is I love to tell people when they're making themselves at home in my house how much I love that yeah I love it when people don't feel like guests in my house when mm. they just get cozy, they start the coffee pot when they want to, they open up a cabinet and help themselves to a glass and get their own water or whatever they need. And I love that. And if you do too, and hopefully you don't mind because you cannot get everybody who comes to visit a glass of water. We don't want you to do that. Um, Let them know so that they can continue doing it. A little praise goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. So... Think about your house. What are the things that someone would need to have to stay there? I'm also just thinking about some menu sort of stuff. Maybe write down some of your favorite meals um, and get kind of specific about that as well. And then have that somewhere on a piece of paper that um, after you've had a baby, then folks could come in and kind of think about, um, oh, this is her favorite dish from this local Thai food place. Great. I'm going to order that for them tonight. Um Friends of ours, when they've gone away and they have kids at home, they'll leave us the phone numbers um, for their parents of all of us like close friends. So you might even consider writing down some phone numbers um, for some of your friends, um, because that way, if you needed something and you weren't around, they could call them and, um, you know, kind of ask. The other thing is um, get some spare keys made. Yes. Spare house keys. um, Spare car keys. Oh, those can get expensive if you've got the chip in them, right? Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. But good thought. Good thought, Elise. Good yeah, thought. Yeah. High five. High five on that one. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for the praise. Yes. Yeah. So trust your gut on this because not only do you need to follow your instincts on this as far as allowing people to help. Trust your instincts. Mm, yeah. Let's just say it again. Trust your instincts. Trust uh, your gut. You might know more about what it's like to have a baby in your city in this time period than your parents do. Oh. Ooh. You might not want to dum, tell dum, them dum. that. <laughs> yeah, don't tell them that. But here's here's why. Birth changes all the time, you guys. We like, learn so much about it. Yes. Recommendations change. Um, time, how long people are, like, and I'm going to use this allowed word with a bold meaning here, how long you're allowed to be in labor. That changes. Recommendations that we know um, are encouraged by providers actually change as well over time. Well, let's just take car seats for an example. Oh, yes. Good one. Think about when people started always putting their kids in car seats. Mm. Not there, there are going to be some people listening to this podcast who did not ride in car seats. And now... I've got an eight-year-old who is still in a car seat, guys. Totally. I mean, she's in a booster seat. But, you know, a handful of years ago, yep. kids were not in car seats. Yeah. And that has changed a lot over years. handful of years ago, well, maybe more than that. Maybe more. But, yeah, that's Well, true. no, I'm just thinking of um, the difference between my oldest sister and I, where my dad was not allowed in the room. You know, oh. when those first couple of kids in my family were born. And it wasn't until um, quite, you know, there's 10 years between oldest and youngest in my family. And whether or not my dad was attending of the birth is very different. Yeah. Because of just the change around the belief of having partners around birth. I'm thinking about I slept on my tummy as a baby. And now on yeah. every newborn diaper that you buy, it says back to sleep. Because the recommendation is that you babies. You mean little sleep sacks? No, on the diaper, you know, say say back to sleep. A lot of them do still. Oh, I've never seen it on a diaper. Oh, really? Oh, am I just speaking to when I had a newborn? (laughs) (laughs) And all the diapers said back to sleep. I see them on the little sleep sacks. Oh, yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. So, so that might even speak to time changing just when Jen had kids to when I've had exactly. kids. Exactly. Maybe that's when the campaign really started for, hey, everybody, put your baby on the back instead of putting them down on their tummies. So we could keep naming all the differences of what birth looks like, but we we can't actually speak to everything because it, it's regional, it's um, hospital specific, all of that. But let's give you just a big sense of the broadness of the way things change. And so to help your parents, family members, whoever it is, actually know what birth looks like in your area, I think it's not making them seem like idiots, but rather things change. So how do we keep you up to date on that? And even if it's not just about how things have changed over time, you might just choose to parent in a different way. Oh, good point, Elise. I will never forget uh, when my mother-in-law came over one day and she was like, hey, where's your all your potato chips? Potato chips? Yeah. She was like, you've got kids. Why aren't you feeding them potato chips? Oh, interesting. That's a kid food. And uh, I was like, well, we don't have potato chips, but we do have veggie straws. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking for something crunchy to give to my children? Also, we have carrots. Yeah. And celery. Yeah. Right? And, you know, that was just a choice I made for my kids, that we weren't right. doing potato chips at that yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and, and that was different than what she did, because that was, you know, where she was from. That was how she was raised. Right. That's how she chose to raise her kids. And that was not, you know, this is not a good or a bad thing. It was just, this was my style. Yeah. And that was totally fine. Yeah. And it is always okay to change your mind. Because you know what I have in my cabinet right now? Potato chips. It's true. Nice. I mean, the rosemary and olive oil. Oh, my The eight-year-old picked them out. You got to uppity potato chips. It's true. But here's the thing. I was a way, way better parent before I had kids. Oh, isn't that the truth? Right? I think we all were. Yeah. And I think we go into parenthood having an idea about how we're going to parent our kids. Yep. And I certainly did. I was going to absolutely parent without any screens at all. Like, I think maybe ever. ever yeah which i mean lock them in the house huh? which to some degree worked a little bit and now it's funny because i probably have some of the last children that don't totally get how to swipe on a phone which is kind of funny they're just getting it right now well it it is but then they're like getting ipads at school and they're like i don't know how to use this (laughs) that's hilarious and then you're like i'm equal parts proud and equal parts like um shoot yeah now you're behind in this i mean i'm sure you know a couple weekends on the screen could get them caught up but i remember thinking i'm never gonna let you watch TV, Hmm. but I'm certainly never going to let you watch, uh, like, Disney shows and eat fast food and play with plastic. Like, that's never going to happen. You're going to eat organic apples and play with wooden toys and build things so that you could become an engineer someday. Like, that's it. That's all you're going to do. And I remember one day, all too soon in their life, they were sitting on the couch Probably one of them was sick, or maybe both of them, or maybe I was sick. I can't remember. And they're watching a channel that has a lot of princesses. And they were eating some particularly bad fast food, playing with the plastic toy that came with that fast food. All of it, just down the drain. Which happened to be a princess toy. Oh, my gosh. was being featured on a show on that channel. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, well... And then it was like, bleep, 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 bleep. And I said that all in front of my kids and Oops. basically walked out of the room. And was like, there it went. That was it. That was my parenting plan. Yeah. And I didn't ruin them. Oh, I didn't ruin them. It's so true. It's true. And it can change at any time. And it yeah. can change for a day. And it can change forever. And it can yeah. change and go back. And that yeah. is all fine. Because you find what works for you. Yeah. Because at one point, I was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And then I became a very busy working mom. Yeah. And what works when you're home all the time so doesn't true. always work when you're working. Yeah. And I'm thinking about um, calling in the experts. And I'm actually going to use that word expert. Like, oh. 
we have experience, right? And then we have experts. So we have maybe um, somebody in your life that's like, no, 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 it's not supposed to look like this. You should just give the baby formula. This breastfeeding thing is too hard, too much work for you. And um, maybe your intention was actually to breastfeed. And so do you look for an expert to help you through this hurdle or do you um, make a different choice? Or maybe you have the opposite where um, you have somebody in your life who's really pushing for you to breastfeed and you're choosing a different path than that for whatever reason. And um, so I think there could be some uncomfortable conversations along the way, but I'm also thinking about asking for people outside of that circle to give you some input right? I'm thinking of as a postpartum doula at times going in even when family's in town Mm. because they're asking me for some advice about baby care, soothing a baby, breastfeeding, things of this nature, because it's actually been a really long time since the grandparents were actually parents. Yes. And either A, they don't remember, or B, recommendations have really changed. You know, we don't have bumpers in our our baby cribs anymore. Nothing's supposed to be in that crib anymore. And so these poor parents, for just a second, we can say poor parents, your parents coming in going, where's the crib bumper? And you're going to do this, 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 this. And I could list all the things, right? And their knowledge or experience is very different than today. So I'm just thinking about like almost for a second, giving them some grace and knowing that, yes, they're experts in some things your parents might be or you might feel that way, but they're not experiencing it right now. That's your job. This is your baby to raise. Yes, right? absolutely. And I'm also thinking that if if it's not a time for you to call in the experts and you pr- feel pretty s- solid in your decision, it is also okay to fake the expert. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do. Oh, tell me more, Elise. Yes. How do you fake the expert? Well, you know, um, one of my favorites is when a family member says, oh, you shouldn't be holding that baby too much. You will spoil that baby. Oh. Well, we all know you can't spoil a baby, right? And I'm not going to go pull up the research that says that because I just had a baby and I'm exhausted. Yeah. And I'm not going to call the pediatrician and get that information because I know the pediatrician is going to back me up. But I might just say, hey, so-and-so in the family, actually, my pediatrician has said you you can't spoil a baby. And it's okay to... Quote the pediatrician or quote the doula or quote the OB um, on something they didn't actually say to to support what you're trying to say to your family members. Yeah. Um, Yeah, to justify your choices. It's okay. So what happens when that family is not helpful help and they're wanting to come over? Oh, yeah. What do you do? So an illustration I heard recently um, from someone, um, they were talking about um, her parents who are like lovely, amazing people that they have a good relationship for. But because of some challenges that they were having in their life, and this was not around birth, this was another thing in their life. And she said to her mom, hey mom, so you're having a hard time with um, this thing happening in our family. And we have actually created an island. And on our island, we need people that are going to be positive and loving and flexible and thinking what it's like to live on our island. So, Mom, you had your island, and I lived Mm. on it with you. And it was your turn to be in charge of the island. And that's when you didn't let anybody who wasn't supportive, flexible, loving, all these things onto our island. But now it's my turn for that island. And so I have to make the choices that are best for my family. And so right now, you, you actually can't come and visit. Because you, those, those things that you would bring to my island are not loving and um, thinking the best and all of that. Wow. And she said it was a super hard conversation to have. But she also felt really strong in it. Like, heck no. You had your turn, and now this is my turn. 
right? This is my island. And ultimately, I'm actually responsible for the relationships on this island, you know? Um, so in the end, it, it sounds like um, mom took some time to reflect and didn't come right away, but she a while later was able to call back and go, I've done a lot of reflecting and I can tuition guides you. It, not now, but always, right? Um, I still say, so from my midwifery time, right? We often said to um, pregnant folks, we would say, um, you have a better knowing of your baby than any of us do. Because you can tell me at any moment when your baby's moving, when your baby typically has hiccups during the day, um, things of this nature, right? And so I loved that phrase, you have a knowing of your baby, yeah. right? And I feel like that is after, once a baby is born, because it's a relationship when we're having to get to know them more, sometimes it's almost like we forget that. We forget that we have a knowing of our child. And I can reflect back on that and look in my kids' faces. Um, not only do I see them as tiny babies, but I um, am also flexible with knowing there are growing people and they're ever changing. But I really do have this deep-seated knowing of, um, and it's usually in a good way, like, you know, when they do something stupid, I'm like, oh, wait, I have a knowing of you. I know what your heart is. And that for me brings me back to my instincts and my settledness in my parenting and all of that good stuff. So mm, instincts don't go away. It's true. And they're there. They're there. It just takes a while to notice them. It's a muscle. It's true. So trust them. Yeah. Stand strong. Come together as a team and figure out what those boundaries are and know that you are not alone in creating those and then communicate them strongly yeah. um, to your friends and family. And I, I often remind people that you are, you're setting this up for the next generation to come. So we're teaching the next generation about how we heal and yeah treat ourselves postpartum and how we treat those in labor and yeah. respect their space. And so you're teaching your son or your daughter how to set boundaries and yeah. how to heal and, um, and yeah. what your family looks like. Absolutely. You're creating a family from the very onset and what your culture of your family is going to look like, mm. who and how those boundaries are created, right? It's not a wall. It's a boundary. And I feel like even as Elise and I talked about today's podcast, we, we were like, you know, we could go one of two ways on this. We could get really adamant and like, Fah, keep everybody away, you know, or we could kind of go with this, like, you know, move into your intuition. Think about it as a boundary, not as a wall, because a wall seems to be more permanent in most of our minds. And a boundary has movables. Mm -hmm. It's it doesn't have to be permanent. And so, um, we want you to have those takeaways today. All right. So thank you so much for listening. We hope that you will follow Pushing It on Instagram, Facebook, and check out Pushing It Podcast website for our newsletter. So go ahead and go to the bottom of the page and sign up for our newsletter. And we will send you some really awesome tips and you'll get some teasers for next week's episode. And please share us with your friends. If you like what you are hearing, your friends will love us too. We promise. But that's how we keep getting listeners and we keep growing and um, reach awesome people like you is if you share us and tell the world about us. So, um, yep, we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.